Hitler murdered millions of innocent people. What caused the greatest nation in Europe to follow him? Why did Catholics and Protestants shout, Sieg Heil, and look the other way as six million Jews were butchered and burned? What is the Hitler syndrome? Could it happen again? I am delighted and glad to see each of you here today. This topic is the Hitler syndrome. Goodness me. The Hitler syndrome which has happened and which is going to happen again. It was almost incomprehensible. One of the most enlightened countries, nations in all the world. The home of the Reformation, Martin Luther's home, accepted willingly the rule of an evil genius, a man who put to death horribly tens of millions of people. The question is, could it ever happen again? Could it happen here in the United States of America? And some have asked, is it happening again? So the topic is the Hitler syndrome. I'd like you to take your Bibles. I'd like you to turn to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, that describes the last great conflict. And it's Revelation chapter 13 and verses 15 and onwards, which talks about the Hitler syndrome. Revelation 13, 15 and onwards. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, uh, yeah, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Um, the Bible teaches that in the last days, there will come a, a tremendous coalition of religious and secular powers. In fact, many people believe it's going to start here in this great country, the United States of America. And laws will be enforced so that you can't buy or sell unless you have... Um, this, this thing, which is called the mark of the beast. So people, to get their security, are going to give their conformity. I want you to remember this. To get their security, they're going to give their conformity. If you're a conformist, get ready for the mark of the beast. But firstly... A parable from Russia, and the author is Dostoevsky, one of the greatest writers in the history of Russia, one of the greatest writers in the history of the world. Uh, the place is um, in Seville, in Spain, around the 16th century. The people had just performed an auto da fe, uh, which means uh, an act of faith. Let me tell you about the auto de fe. It was an invention of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, Catholic scholars 
I don't disagree with this. They will tell it to you, same as I'm telling it to you. It was run by the Inquisition. Do you know what the Inquisition was? The Inquisition was set up by the priests of the Church of Rome to inquire into the way you thought. (laughs) And because nobody knows what you think, they had torture. So that they would discover what you were thinking, whether you were conforming or whether you were a heretic. It was set up under the reign of Pope Sixtus IV. It was particularly active in Spain, Portugal, Mexico, Brazil, and uh, Peru, and other people. In Europe alone, the Secretary of the Holy Office, can you believe it? When they were torturing people and burning people, they called it the Holy Office. What we are doing here is what Jesus wants us to do. The secretary of the Holy Office says he burned alive 31,912 heretics. And most of those heretics, of course, would be Roman Catholics who thought for themselves. Now the question is, why did the common people put up with the church that was so totally corrupt and so totally cruel. Why would people put up with this abomination? It's because they had, my friend, uh, the Hitler syndrome. Conformity at all costs. If the government tells me to do something or if the church tells me to do something, I will not think about it. I will do it like the people did with Hitler. Now back to the auto de fe, back to the hot streets of Seville in Spain. They just celebrated this great auto de fe. They'd had a great feast. As the people were eating and gluttonizing, they could smell the burning flesh of the heretics for the glory of God. So as they ate their steaks, they could smell uh, the burning flesh of men and women, boys and girls. They had celebrated a great mass in which they had actually talked to God. They had great pomp and ceremony and had burned uh, on this day a hundred people. The smell of burning flesh and the singing of hymns. Everyone applauded. Here is the story. Dostoevsky, one of my favorite authors. The day after the auto de fe on the hot, burning streets of Seville in Spain, Jesus appeared. And Jesus healed the sick. There was a funeral going on at the cathedral. They were burying a little girl of seven years of age and her body was covered with roses. And Jesus went over to the little girl and he said the words, little girl, I say to you, arise. There were people who were blind and people who were deaf. You know what the people were doing? They were kneeling down, they were worshipping, they were kissing his feet and they were saying, he's come back. 
He's come back. And then, the 90-year-old Grand Inquisitor, the Spanish Cardinal, arrived with a guard of soldiers. And what he saw, he didn't like at all. He heard the people worshipping and praising as they once did in the temple. But as he came, uh, as he walked on the scene, the people bowed down and kissed his feet. And then the Grand Inquisitor, this old man of 90, said, Arrest him! And so Christ was arrested and taken to the dungeon of the Inquisition. And that night, there was a creak at the door and the Grand Inquisitor came and Christ stood there. I quote Dostoevsky, the Grand Inquisitor, is it thou? Is it thou? But receiving no answer, he adds at once, don't answer, be silent. What canst thou say indeed? I know too well what thou wouldst say, and thou hast no right to add anything to what thou hast said of old. Why then art thou come to hinder us? For thou hast come to hinder us, and thou knowest that tomorrow I shall condemn thee and burn thee at the stake as the worst of heretics. Listen. And the very people who have today kissed thy feet tomorrow at the faintest sign from me will rush to heap up the embers of thy fire. And then he has a long monologue with Christ. Christ is silent. Listen carefully to what Dostoevsky said. Every American, every Christian, every person, every Catholic today needs to listen. He said, you came to bring the people freedom. Freedom, freedom to choose. But he said, Christ, freedom is an intolerable burden and people do not want freedom. Freedom, no, they want security. Like some of you, like lots of the folks watching on television. There's a text, John chapter 8, verse 36. Of course, it's completely true. John chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus said, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Look at me, my friends. The greatest gift that God can give you is freedom. Freedom to be the person that God wants you to be, you see. But the Grand Inquisitor said, it's an intolerable burden. And then he preaches a sermon to Christ and he refers to the great temptation in the wilderness. He said, you came 
And the great tempter, the wise person said, you turn these stones into bread. He said, you wouldn't do it. You wanted the people to live on the word of God. He said, Christ, you were so wrong. We have improved on your work. We have given them bread. And they have given us their souls. (laughs) He said, the great angel said, cast yourself down from the binnacle. Perform a miracle. You wouldn't do it. He said, Christ, we had to improve on your work because what people want, they want bread and they want uh, magic and they want miracles. Then he said uh, that wise spirit said to you, look at all the kingdoms of the world. You can have all the kingdoms of the world if you bow down, if you conform. And you wouldn't do it. But we have improved on your work. Why did you come back? What people want is security and wealth and riches. And they'll do anything. They don't want freedom. They want bread. And we have given them bread. And the inquisitor said this. Jesus, listen carefully. The people bring us their sins. We absolve them of their sins. We tell them what to do. We promise them everlasting life. We lie to them. We lie to them. But that's okay. But we have taken from them the intolerable burden of freedom of choice. We do the thinking for them. We think for them. And uh, they're happy and they're content. He said, millions and millions, they're going to thank us forever. He said, I know they're not going to get to heaven. We've got to lie to them, but they'd never get to heaven with you either. And we've given them security. And then he says, Christ I will burn you tomorrow. Then Dostoevsky says, the Grand Inquisitor goes goes across, Christ goes across to the Grand Inquisitor. And Christ kisses the old man on his lips. Hasn't said a word. The old man of 90 takes him to the dungeon door And he says, go, 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 never come back. And they didn't want him back because he was improving on their work. Listen, the Russian Dostoevsky was right, my American friends. Most people do not want freedom of choice. They want bread. They want to be told we have the greatest economy in the world. (laughs) We have a stock exchange that is booming, going through the roof. We're bread. 
We want miracles. Uh, we want the sensational. We want authority. We want power. We want wealth. We want security. And uh, therefore, Dostoevsky said this, they will submit to the dreadful beast of revelation. Because of bread, miracles, mystery, authority, and security. And he said, those who kiss the feet of Christ will rush to heap up the embers of thy fire. Be warned that the people who kissed the feet of Christ today in the next moment will heap up the embers of his fire. That, of course, is the mark of the beast, which is conformity. Now, there is a text I wish you would look at at this time. Acts chapter 5, 27, 28, and then 29. Acts 5, 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. The high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you fill Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. And then the next verse tells us, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Please look at me. My first allegiance uh, is not to the state. It is not to my church. I, I can't, if you think your first allegiance is to the church, then you are in the company of the Grand Inquisitor. Our first allegiance is not to the government. It is not to the church. It is not to a political party. It is to God. You see, if you obey that text, you'll be eternally safe. Let me talk about a, a subject that I find painful. Uh, Germany, 80 years ago. Let me tell you about the factors that caused the rise of Hitler. Hitler, of course, uh, was a charismatic figure. Before Hitler came, there was the great German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche. He taught God is dead and might is right. And Christianity is a curse because it preserves that which should be destroyed. And Nietzsche taught might is right. And he spoke about the coming of a super race. Hitler slept with a copy of uh, Nietzsche under his pillow. Number two, Catholic conformism. Do what your superior tells you to do. Do what the priest tells you to do. Be obedient. Preserve the church at any cost. The end justifies the means. That's why virtually all the Catholics said Sieg Heil with the Protestants. Then there was liberalism, which had invaded Germany. Don't have time to go into it. But the Germans were the first in philosophy that taught that the Bible is no longer true. It's just a, a load of myths. 
They were brainwashed with this in all the great universities, all the great schools. They were the leaders of the intellectual world. Especially the Old Testament was an abomination. So when Hitler came, the people were ready to burn the Jews, the people of the Old Testament. These were probably the smartest people in the world. And then they had accepted the British doctrine of Darwinism. Uh, that we're, we've come from something which is nothing and we're simply the product of time plus matter plus chance. Darwinism taught the survival of the fittest and the evolution of a super race on the origin of the species and the preservation of certain races. Go and find out what the full title is, my friends. The emergence of a super race. The German, the Anglo-Saxon people are to rule the world. So the Germans were brainwashed. Germany was the birthplace of the Reformation. It was the center of scholarship, the land of musicians, the center of philosophy, art, and the sciences. The average German was, and still, average German was clean, smart, industrious, perfectionistic, courageous, patriotic. That's why some of us like German cars. <laughs> no, because they're that sort of people. So I'm not putting them down, I'm putting them up. But eventually the vast majority of the Germans cast in their lot with Hitler, 95%. The Catholics and the Protestants. They had tremendous rallies. That's where they had the magic. <laughs> Hitler gave them bread. They had been starving after their terrible defeat at the hands of the British and the Americans. They'd been starving. Hitler said, uh, I'm going to give you bread. And then he gave them uh, the great marches with the flaming torches and all the flags and the Siegheils. Millions marching, miracle, magic, red, Germany over all. The power and the glory. Hitler, the orator, who was a Roman Catholic, promised them bread, miracles, security, mystery, authority the kingdoms of the world, and he asked for only one thing, conformity. What did most people do? At least 95%. Then they had the auto de fe, the death camps for the dissidents, the nonconformists, the enemies of the state, and the Jews. They had the gas chambers, the crematoriums, they burnt them the same as they did in uh, Spain. And they all shouted out, Sieg Heil, hail to victory. All, go and check it out. Almost all Christian churches, almost all the priests. Hey, you got a picture here of the bishops, Sieg Heil. The Pope himself was a supporter of Hitler. Almost all Protestant ministers Almost all supported Hitler and looked the other way when the Jews were murdered. 
don't like to hear these things, do we? It's the truth. Why? Because Hitler offered them bread and miracles and magic and power and security, what Christ refused. There was one famous German hero. He was a young Lutheran pastor, Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was offered a church in London where he could have stayed out the war. He was offered a safe passage to America. But when Hitler started burning the Jews, he said, I'm going back. When the rest were running like rats, he went back. He said in one of his sermons, cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Like Jesus, he rejected the bread, the miracle, the mystery, the authority and the security of the world. You know what he kept? Freedom. Freedom! On the 9th of April, 1945, just two weeks before American soldiers arrived, he was executed by hanging. This is where they hung him. And the question is, If we had lived in Germany in those days, what would we have done? Because the Bible says in the last days, it's going to happen again. I'll be back a few moments and we'll talk about the enforcement of the mark of the beast. The Hitler Syndrome. In this series, John Carter will provide the answers to life's most interesting questions. Seven great signs of the apocalypse. If the dead are unconscious, who are the beings that pretend to be the dead? Is there such a person as the devil? What is the essence of Antichrist? What is the root cause of this deadly malaise? America was founded by people who were opposed to the union of church and state. But if there's a God who loves us, and the future is bright with promise. For a gift of $100 US or 140 Australian, this 13 DVD series, Prophecy Speaks, will be yours. Call the number or visit our website. Do you sometimes get lost in the crowd? Do you feel there's just no love in the room? Like everybody's against you? You're all alone with no one to lean on. Do you need a word of encouragement? Do you know God? Have you tried prayer? Pastor Carter would like to pray for you now. Let us pray. Call 1-800-526-9777. Nothing to buy, the call is free. Call 
billion people live in India. 200 million of these are Dalits, formerly called untouchables. 100% of your gift will go to fund projects for Dalit girls as an alternative. Your gift of $600 will educate, clothe, and feed one Dalit girl between 5 and 15 years of age for one full year. Go to carterreport.org or to the address on the screen. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.